Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Don't ever be envious of someone else. What should happen in the believer's heart is that we're supposed to rejoice with each other. So when it goes well for one of my brothers, out of a very genuine place, there should be, a, my heart should rejoice. Man, praise God. I really rejoice what God has done for you and is doing for you. Um, because, you know, you love your brother. If it's going bad for your brother or sister, that we pray for them, we, we join them in that. We don't rejoice in their, their you know, things going poorly. We, we want things to turn around. That's the heart of the believer, one to another. What's your first reaction when you see someone else get something that you've been desiring? Maybe it's a job or a spouse that you've been asking God for. Do you end up feeling envious of them? Maybe you also feel bitter and frustrated with God for blessing someone else instead of you. In today's message, Pastor Bill teaches you not to be jealous of others. Instead, you should rejoice with them when things turn out well. God has the best plans for you, and He will be faithful in achieving them. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 18. As he continues his message, character counts. I want you to see the foulness of the character that's, you know, that you would want a person that belongs to the Lord to be defeated by the enemies of the Lord. Right? Not only is Saul saying, I'm willing to try to pin him to the wall and kill him, I'm I'm actually hopeful that the enemies of God will defeat God's guy. Um, Saul is all on the wrong side of everything. So again, as you and I consider our character, somewhere you want to always check is your alignment. Am I with God or against him? God says you're either with me or what? You can't be both. You're one or the other. You're either gathering with me or you're scattering abroad, but you're not both. And so we want to be very clearly with God. Amen. We want to be very clearly gathering with the Lord because the alternative is if you're the God says, no, there's no two ways about it. If you're not with me, you are against me. And so we want to be clearly with the Lord in word and in deed. And so uh, look at verse 18 now. So David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my life that I should be the son-in-law to the king? But it happened. So I wrote down here under character for David humility. Right. David said, man, who am I? I don't deserve to be the son-in-law to the king. No, I don't deserve that. He did deserve it because he did what, you know, what Saul said he had to do to win it. But he's this is humility. This humility. David just being humble here. Verse 19. But it happened at the time when Merib, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Edriel, the Maholothite, as a wife. So at the time when David was supposed to be given this young lady as a wife, Saul gave him to somebody else. Now, that was, you know, many people believe that was done to slight David, to, uh, to humiliate him um, in some way. Because this is supposed to be your wife, and now you, somebody else gets to have your wife. Um, and it was wrong. We don't ever see David speak up. We never see David say, hey, man, give me what the belongs to me. We don't, the, the people are going to speak up. David never does. Um, David lets that ride. But again, we see in Saul's character, this is a man that's not he's not a man of his word. He doesn't keep his commitments. He doesn't do what he says he's going to do. He says he's going to do one thing. And he does another thing. This is all terrible character flaws. Um, these are the kind of people that you just run from. I'm not doing ministry with you. I'm not linking arms with you. I'm not going into covenant. I'm not making commitments. You just don't link up with people like this. When you meet people like this, 
you take two steps back and say, hey, God bless you over there. You, you go do business with them over there, you know, like, but you don't link up with people like this. This is not who you run with. And so um, that's Saul displaying his, his character. I can never pronounce his other daughter's name. Is it, is it Mikhail? 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 Mikhail. All right. Anthony, give it Mikhail. <laughs> I'm going to call her Michelle. No, okay, so, <laughs> so this other daughter, look at verse 20. Uh, now Mikhail, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. So Saul said, now listen to these words, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law. Now, I don't know what it was about this particular daughter, Michal, that Saul said he knew something about her. And he said, I'm going to give her to him and she's going to be a snare to him. Everybody here, if you got kids, you know your kids. Amen. And you know if they're good or if they're doing well. Some of y'all know we got may have a kid that, you know, if you if, if, if some eligible single Christian, you would say, no, nah, they're not ready for that. They, they would they would mess that person's life. No, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a blessing. Um, and because you just know your kids, you know how they're doing their character, so forth and so on. Something about this daughter, Saul says, I'm going to give her to him. I think she'll be a snare. It's one sad. I mean, I'm, I feel sorry for her, but it's in the scriptures. Something about her. Now, it, and it, it did happen, right? It did happen. So we're going to look at it in just a moment. So Saul said, I'm going I'm to give her, I'm going to give him her. Not the other daughter, this one. And he says that she might be a snare. Later on, it happens that um, you note take her right down second. Actually, turn there with me. Turn, uh, turn, turn to Second Samuel chapter six. And Second Samuel chapter six, Israel has won a victory, and um, they're bringing back the ark into Jerusalem. It's a celebratory time. And in Second Samuel six, starting at verse uh, sixteen, Second Samuel six sixteen. When y'all got it, say got it. Okay, it says now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. Y'all know David was a worshiper. It says that David was out here, was dancing, twirling. You know, he was he was he was cutting a rug and everything else. He was getting down on his way into the city with the ark. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among the people the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed everyone to his house. This sounds like a great day. We won a victory. We came in with music and dance and praise. And Lord, we offered a sacrifice to God. Everybody ate. And got, everybody got a meal and a dessert and, and got sent home. Everybody's doing great. Now, now it's time to go home to my wife. Woo. Go home to my, my good old wife. And <laughs> verse 20, David returned to bless his household. David's like, I'm going to go bless my house. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. And said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house. Ooh, 
to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord and I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken by them, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. So Saul knew something about her. You know, she loved David, but maybe she loved him in a you know weird. She loved him. Something wasn't right. And, and David's coming home on a celebratory day. And she's like, oh, look, oh, glorious. Oh, you twirling all the other. Maybe she had a jealous streak in her or whatever. And so David couldn't even go home and celebrate. She met him as he got to the door. And uh, man, ruined his whole mood. He was like, I had a great day. And now here you come. But I like what David said. He said, I'll be more undignified than this. And he recognized where that was coming from. He said, the Lord chose me instead of your daddy. That, that was kind of rough. He said, I don't know. I mean, if it was a marriage council, I would say, David, that was, that was some extra words. You, had, you, you ain't had to say all that, brother, you know. But, um, but Saul, I think, knew what he was doing when he said, I, I hope that she's going to be a hindrance to him. Again, if I can roll this back, as I'm, I am a father, right? I have two daughters. Uh, both my daughters are unmarried. One day they'll be married. I would never in my if I, I couldn't in a million years think that I'm I'm going to intentionally give my daughter and hope that she 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 she's a, a hindrance to some man. Um, I wouldn't raise up my son for marriage and hope that he would be some hindrance to some woman. You want your child to be blessed and be a blessing. Amen. I'm going to scrutinize who's coming and who's going. I'm saying, look, I, I want you to go be a blessing. I want you to be blessed both ways, you know. Um, but just look at the character and the heart of a man that would say, I would use my daughter to hinder this, this man of God. How, how shameful uh, a behavior is that, that, that he would, you know, use his child, his own offspring in that way, not really regarding her or him. Um, you know, Saul is like, I'll use anything at my disposal to hurt this man. Um, that is that is the level at which, you know, he is jealous and angry and everything else. That's why bitterness and envy and jealousy are it's satanic. It's actually demonic. You want to get down and in in in, 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 in get yourself into a place where the demons dwell. Get, get jealous. Get envious. Don't you want to battle that at all costs. Don't ever be envious of someone else. What should happen in the believer's heart is that we're supposed to rejoice with each other. So when it goes well for one of my brothers out of a very genuine place, there should be a, my heart should rejoice. Man, praise God. I really rejoice what God has done for you and is doing for you um, because, you know, you love your brother. If it's going bad for your brother or sister that we pray for them, we, we join them in that. We don't rejoice in their their you know, things going poorly. We want things to turn around. That's the heart of the believer one to another. Um, we should never envy or jealous of how come they got it and I didn't get it or how come that should never be our heart. Everything God has for me is coming. Anything I'm not supposed to get, I'm not going to get it. And if somebody next to me gets something, I got to be glad. God, this, that's your will for him. And I rejoice with him and, and, and he'll rejoice with me in my day of rejoicing. But that, that needs to be the heart of believers. Be, be careful of any other heart, a heart of jealousy, a heart of envy, a heart of resist that with everything you got. Confess it, repent of it, run from it. Because there's no way you're being filled with and led by and empowered by the spirit while holding on to envy and jealousy. All those are works of the flesh. You can't do both at the same time. And so um, we want to be filled to overflow. Amen? Amen. So there won't be any room for any of that. I got to be rejoicing with happy folks. I'll do the dance with you, you know. 
And so moving on here, it says um, in verse um, 20. So Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law. Verse 22 now. And Saul commanded his servants, communicate with David secretly and say, look, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. Now, therefore, become the king's son-in-law. So Saul's servants spoke these words in the hearing of David. And David said, does it seem to you a light thing to be the king's son-in-law, seeing I am a poor and lightly esteemed man? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, in this manner, David spoke. What do you hear in David's response? Humility, right? Um, David, you know, he doesn't he didn't say, well, you told me I was going to get Merib and you let her go off to, you know, the, the other guy. And now you now you go off from, you know, he doesn't do any of that. And David still genuinely humble, saying, you know, what? I, I don't I don't know if I deserve to be the king's son-in-law. That's not a light thing. And so there's a humility about the way David carries himself. And I, I, I think this is healthy, right, that he just leaves it in God's hands. Uh, David's not jockeying for something or working for it or talking himself up. He's actually talking himself down. I don't know if I'm 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 I'm, I'm lightly esteemed. I don't know if I'm ready for all all this. Verse 25. Then Saul said, thus you shall say to David, the king does not desire any dowry, but 104 skins of the Philistines to take vengeance on the king's enemies. So the king gives Saul gives David this strange request. Normally, the king gets a dowry now. David shouldn't have to pay a dowry because he's supposed to get a wife for winning against Goliath. I, I brought you the head of this man you were scared of, the Kukui. You know, now give me my woman, right? But he doesn't do that. He says, okay, now go get me a hundred foreskins. That means you got to kill Philistines and cut their foreskin off. That's weird. That's weird. That's a weird thing. I don't know if, I, if you ask your brothers, hey man, I want you to go win the war and then after you beat them, yeah, that, that's weird. This is weird what Saul asked for. I want 104 skins and bring that to me. Then I give you a wife. Um, but Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. This was Saul's attempt to get David to go, you know, commit suicide. I'm gonna get him to kill himself. I'm gonna get him to go out there and, and in an attempt to get these foreskins, kill himself. Verse 26. So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired. Therefore, David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins and gave them in full count to King David, I mean, a full count to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Michal as the daughter's wife. So David goes over and above. This is character as well. You want 100? I'm going to bring you 200. I'm not going to do just enough. Over and above. That's a there's a certain kind of person that lives like this. Right. You want this? I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do my very best all the time. David's 100. I don't know. For some regular guy, that might be a feat. But for me, I'm going to go get you 200. I'm going to go over and above. Saul. you know, so so, you know, you're giving your daughter to a to a to a good guy, you know, uh, and, and understand this in, in, a, in a healthy scenario. If you sent your son in law out and you wanted him to go because David does this at a point, he says, hey, I want you to go and. Um, you know, the guy that can go and, and get me this victory can have my daughter. Caleb did this. I mean, um, it was so you could know Caleb was saying, look, I, I have an inheritance. He had a, he gave his he had a daughter. He said, I'm, I'm going to leave it to you. Well, I want to make sure the husband that you get can keep what I'm giving you. 
So let me see if he can go get a, a victory over here. And, and so I'm not giving it to some weak man. You bring some little some flimsy wrist fella. You know, it's, we're not going to make it. I need I need you need a guy that can that can do battle because what I'm giving you when I'm gone, you know, you may have to fight to keep this, you know. And so there was a place for that. But this was here. This was Saul's intention here was clearly. Let me see if I can't get him killed in an attempt to you know, get this done. And so he was given now this daughter as a reward who in Saul's mind, something about her, he knew that she may be a hindrance instead of a blessing to him. But nevertheless, David got his wife. Now he's got Michal uh, as a daughter. Verse 28, thus Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David so Saul became David's enemy continually. So it says, you know, he's still afraid of David for no other reason. I, 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 you see this throughout the chapter, but I want to bring it to light this last time. It says the Lord was with him. There is evidence in David's everyday life that the Lord was with him. This was, the, the, you know, how do you know the Lord is with you or with someone? It's evidence in their life. Um, one of the verses that always speaks to me about this, God says, in Matthew 6, he said, when you pray, right, he says, don't be like the Pharisees who love to pray so they can be seen by man. He said, don't do that. He said, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. Your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Think about this. I, I don't know what, so God said, I'm, I'm going to see you in private praying, and I'm going to show up in your public life. Doesn't tell you how, just says he will. I'm going to see you in private praying. Your father who sees in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. What does that reward look like? We don't know. But God promises that he will. Amen. And so there'll be, ex, there'll, be, there'll be evidence in your life that you're a man or woman of prayer, that you're a man of, or woman of devotion to the Lord. It'll just show up. It might show up in your being yielded to the spirit. It might show up in your gifts. It might show up in, you know, what, things that God reveals to you. It, it, but God said it will show up in your public life that you're someone that spends time in private with me. Um, that's a promise you can kind of cling to, you guys. And so here um, it says over and over again, Saul observing David. And he's like, man, I just know that I can see that the Lord is with him. It's why he does everything so well. It's why he answers well. It's why he behaves wisely. It's why he it's why he's not responding. It's why he's not getting in the flesh with me. It's not he's not coming for my neck after I threw the spears at him. And, and, and it just made him more afraid. Imagine chucking spears at a guy that killed the giant. And afterwards, he's like, hey, how you doing, Saul? I'm here to serve, man. All right. Woo-hoo. You know, just, he's not mad. He's not he's not in the flesh about it. And Saul was afraid, he's more and more afraid. And he's a crazy. He's afraid of nothing. The Bible says that the wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Right. The wicked are like they looking over their shoulder. Ain't nobody looking for you. Ain't nobody coming for you. You're looking over your shoulder. You just nervous for nothing. But the, says the righteous are as bold as a lion standing ground. And that was that was that's, that's the difference between David and Saul here. Last verse uh, 30, it says, then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name became highly esteemed. So, again, because David, unlike Saul, was going out regularly, they were going out to battle. They were going out. David was always he's out there with the people and it says that David behaved more wisely, not just than Saul. He, he behaved more wisely than all of Saul's servants. That's important because Saul didn't go. He sent his servants out. And David, this young guy, knew he's the new guy. 
is behaving more wisely even than all of Saul's servants so that the people recognize this is our leader and they were following David's lead. So as we wrap this chapter up, I call it character counts and we see some positives, some negatives in this, right? Um, early on, as we look at the relationship between with Jonathan and David, I love that Jonathan, though he was technically next in line, was able to acknowledge God's hand on David and willingly just say, I, I, I acquiesce. I love this guy and I love what God's doing to him. And I recognize God's hand upon his life. I'm not going to get in the way of what God is doing. I'm going to get behind it. Here's my stuff, bro. I'm with you. That's character. That's a man that says, I just want what God wants. And that's I, I pray that we would all have that heart. We just want what God wants. Doesn't have to be me. I don't have to be the guy or the gal, or the person. I just want God to get his thing done. I want God's will to be accomplished here. Um, these two guys, as the Lord knit their hearts together, uh, again, I pray that that be the case. I pray we would all find those people in our lives that we could really journey in faith together, support each other, walk together, encourage each other in the Lord in that way. Um, we see the women. And again, I don't know if they did it on purpose or on accident. So we just we won't we won't we won't make a judgment here. But the women saying their song and it brought out something in Saul's character, his jealousy and envy and murderous hatred for David, um, his, his, his multiple attempts at pinning David to the wall. This is character. A man who didn't fear the Lord. Um, but now he's afraid of the man whose God's spirit is upon a man who wouldn't battle against the enemy when God called him to. But now he would attempt to kill the guy that is doing battle for the Lord. Um, Saul's fighting all the wrong battles and his he's made enemies with those that he should make friends with. And um, and this is these are flaws in his character. Also, we saw and saw the flaw being being a man that's not a man of his word. Multiple times in the chapter, Saul gave a word and didn't keep it, said he was going to do something and didn't do it, changed his word, changed the requirements on what it would take. Um, that's a lack of integrity. That's that's a that's a character flaw. We saw in Saul's daughter um, something that hit, that that Saul saw in her that we saw kind of fleshed out later on that she didn't. You know, she, she whether it was jealousy about her husband and how he looked in front of the maids that he didn't look, he didn't present himself like a, like a, like she thought a king should behave. Um, maybe the way her dad behaved. And David said, I'm, I'm not your dad. I'm better than your dad. I'm the man God chose instead of your dad. And I'm going to be more undignified. I, I love that answer. David's like, I'm, I'm not going to be dignified. I'm, I'm for God. I'm going to be undignified. And um, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be neat and, you know, kingly. I'm, I'm worshiping God for what he did today. And I'm not trying to do it in some proper way. I'm doing it with all my heart, though. And so um, but we saw that there. And, and lastly, as we as we wrapped up uh, the chapter, um, we see the character of David that he just behaved wisely because the Lord was with him. Um, and as you and I walk in wisdom and we walk in the spirit, God is able to give you wisdom beyond your years, right? God can give you wisdom beyond your knowledge, beyond your ability, beyond your years. If you just yield to his spirit that lives inside you. Amen. Amen. Father, help us to take what we're reading and live it out in application. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the example, good and bad. God, I pray you would help us to be men and women of great godly character, that we be filled with your spirit, yielded to your voice that, God, we be for what you're for and against what you're against, that we stand with those who stand with you. Uh, God, we stand against that which is against you. And so, God, help us. Make us into men and women of great godly character. God, give us friends like David and Jonathan. Give us relationships that are spiritually meaningful relationships, Lord, where 
Uh, the bonds are tight, but they're tight in you. Where there's genuine love, genuine support, genuine concern and care for another person, Lord, uh, in your name. And so God, I pray you would help us. Pray your blessing on us, Lord, and you go before us this week with all this to come. You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. First Samuel is where we've been reading, and there's so much to take away from this book. Did you realize that many of the Psalms were written during the time that these events were happening? For much of this book, David was running from Saul. Wouldn't it be strange to be an arch enemy of your best friend's dad? Even though you didn't do anything deserving of death, you feel like a fugitive. And somehow, you found yourself in this situation where you're running for your life. This was much of David's existence in the book of 1 Samuel. He was doing great things, but King Saul was jealous of him and felt threatened by him. So he wanted to remove David completely from the upcoming kingship of Israel. Do you feel like you're on the run, undeserving of the circumstances you're in? Or are you on the other side, feeling jealous and insecure about another person, looking for their downfall? In either case, these two men needed God's help. One chose to rely on God, and the other turned away. Which direction will you choose? If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If this interests you, you can find the Give tab on our website. Don't forget, that's calvaryinglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for listening today to A Transforming Word.